Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter, and we're here with the Kenny Galladay episode. That's right, because the Giants, they have a number one receiver. They went out there and they got the guy that they knew was the only real number one receiver out there on the market. Now, they had questions about Kenny Galladay. That's why this was a, a little dance that took longer than we all thought it would it would take, right? Because the Giants, they weren't going to be able to sign. I know this for a fact. They weren't going to be able to sign Kenny Galladay if they weren't able to bring him in, have him answer questions about off-the-field stuff and last season and how things went wrong in Detroit, or and have him get his hip checked as well. So there was a medical component to it and the financial side. And in the end, the Giants signed Kenny Galladay. So now everybody can make their lame, uh, you know, Galladay, holiday puns or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, it's a Galladay. Happy Galladays. Okay, great. Okay. But they had to pay a lot of money to do it. Kenny Galladay got a strong deal. I didn't think $18 million, I was wrong. I'll take, I'll take it on the chin on this part of it. I was wrong. I didn't think the $18 million was out there for him after, especially after the beginning of free agency. You saw what the wide receiver market was around the league, and you're like, no chance is Kenny Galladay getting an $18 million. Uh, who's really going to be in it? But apparently the Bears pushed him up, right? Their interests started pushing him up. I'm not so sure the Ravens part of it was 100% legit or like at least that's that strong. Well, you know what? We're going to talk to Adam Schefter in a few minutes. So that'll be a question we ask him. You know, how did that price get up to that $18 million price? Because Kenny Galladay, uh, he got... $28 million guaranteed at signing. And he got another 12 that's going to be guaranteed on the third day of the league year next year. So basically that full 40 minus something ridiculous happening. He's going to collect that. He's going to collect the full $40 million guaranteed. And then he's got, what, another million available in incentives? He makes a pro ball and catches 80 passes. Not crazy. You know, that's not a crazy ask. A million dollars each year of his deal, another million. So that, I like that part of it too. That incentive to me is nice that they got that in there because that incentivizes Kenny Galladay to be on board with the Giants here. Incentivizes him to have success. And I don't think it's crazy for Kenny Galladay to make the Pro Bowl. Does anybody else? I mean, he's a good player. He had 2,000-yard receivers under his belt. He led the league in uh, receiving touchdowns two years ago. Now, he's coming off injury. He's got to come back. Last year was... A disaster for him in Detroit. Uh, the whole Matt Patricia thing, that was bad, didn't go well. We all kind of know how that went down, or at least we've heard uh, about how that went down. But you're talking about players like Nelson Aguilar, uh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis was $12.5 million. This is the free agent market this year. Corey Davis, $12.5 million. Nelson Aguilar, 11 average per year, by the way. Will uh, Will Fuller ten, obviously he's still got a suspension coming. Ten six really it's ten because uh, he doesn't get that first game check. And then Kenny Galladay comes in at eighteen, a strong eighteen, really strong deal. But the Giants got better. That's the thing here you have to look at. Are the Giants a better team when they're adding Kenny Galladay now? Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton get to get knocked down a peg. Uh, Evan Ingram isn't looked at to be a focus of the offense. All those guys should be better in roles they're better suited for. 
and they're getting back Saquon Barkley. So Daniel Jones, who's now entering his third year, we all thought he'd make the jump in year two. It didn't really happen. Year three now, he's essentially getting, adding to last year, Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay. Now the line, yes, I understand, young, but still, no more excuses. He's got to be, he's got to have a solid season. He can't be bad and average or below average this year. He's got to have a solid season if the Giants want to feel like they're confident in him now. They see everything. They see flashes. But until he puts it on the field, and and really, he needs to be able to put enough on the field with those weapons. Maybe they're limited a little bit, and they, they can't ultimately be, you know, progress as much as they want. But still, he's got to progress enough where you know he's the future franchise quarterback, and you can see it. You can see the evidence consistently on the field. Because now you got a receiver who can go up and get the ball. He can get deep. He can get himself open. He's a good route runner. You had Saquon Barkley back to the mix. Obviously, explosive, dynamic player. You have Sterling Shepard, quality slot receiver. You have Darius Slayton, good deep threat, quality player. You have Evan Ingram. The talents there has flashed and done stuff throughout his career where he can make big plays. So this Giants offense got to make a big jump. 31st in the league last year. Only the Jets were worse, for God's sakes. The Jets. So it's put up or shut up time for Daniel Jones. Pressure's on. Let's go. Perform, because this Kenny Galladay move was big for the Giants. And I, I, I said it entering free agency. I expected the Giants to make one big move. Edge rusher or wide receiver. They went and made the big run for Leonard Floyd. My understanding with Leonard Floyd, what happened was the Giants and Rams basically got to around the same number. And Leonard Floyd then had to make a choice. And let's be honest, he's going to stay where he is in Los Angeles, next to Aaron Donald, already feels comfortable there, knows the system. So if all things are equal, it makes sense for him to stay there. But the Giants made a big run for Leonard Floyd. And if they get, you know what? If they got Leonard Floyd, I'm not so sure they ever would have been in the Kenny, Kenny Galladay running especially for this range of price. I know his his cap hit year one is low. It's $4.5 million. I'm rounding up a drop. It's like 4.4875 something, but whatever. Still, I'm not so sure. If they made that investment in Leonard Floyd, it's entirely possible they never go into that Kenny Galladay range, especially at near $18 million. So one or the other, those were two of the names we had mentioned. It ends up being Galladay because really he was the only receiver that's in that category. And I know that for a fact, the Giants believe that. Like They looked at the free agent market, just like the rest of us, and they said, Allen Robinson's not hitting the market, which he didn't. Chris Godman's not hitting the market. He didn't. Who's the only real guy you could consider a number one type receiver? And the answer was Kenny Galladay. And credit to the Giants. Credit to Kevin Abrams, who is the lead negotiator on these things. He does almost all the negotiating in that regard on, the, on a deal like this. Credit Dave Gettleman for going after this guy, being aggressive and wanting to pull the trigger. Joe Judge, huge factor in this as well. Being diligent to the point of he wanted to speak to Kenny Galladay first before feeling comfortable enough to know that, hey, this is the guy we kind of want to invest in that I could believe that he's going to do the right things in our program. And obviously, he appeased their concerns when he went in there, both uh, physically with the hip and also with clarifying what happened last year in Detroit. Now, I had heard the same thing as well. I saw Albert Beer of Monday Morning Quarterback, MMQB, talk about a report on it on Monday morning 
there was an incident last year where Kenny Galladay apparently was kind of MIA, right? Uh, on a Saturday of some sort. And Albert kind of detailed this a little bit. And, uh, you know, those kind of things are something if you're the Giants and you're signing him. And remember, that was Judge's buddy, Matt Patricia, as the coach there. His, you know, the GM, Bob Quinn, also a guy he knows well from New England. And you, you have to be realistic is Kenny Galladay doesn't come back. Maybe he could have come back from the injury a little quicker. He doesn't come back. That was a thought that was out there. There's a incident about the Saturday morning, kind of where was he? You know, and then ultimately Joe Judge's friend and people he's close with lost their jobs in part because Detroit didn't perform last year, which in part is because Kenny Galladay didn't come back and play. So he wanted to see and hear for himself what went on from Kenny Galladay's point of view. And obviously he thought after listening to it, he thought it was uh, acceptable or whatever, whatever the explanation was, they deemed to be you know, acceptable enough where this is a guy that we're willing to invest in. That's what it came down to. Now, for the details of it, we're going to bring in Adam Schefter and and more. We'll get to other things with him as well. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's bring on Adam Schefter. He really needs no introduction. You all know who he is. He's really the pulse of the NFL. So we welcome you, Adam, once again. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Appreciate it. Hope you're well. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're here because, you know, the Giants actually made a big move here over the weekend. Uh, Kenny Galladay, yep. uh, that, that deal took a couple days. Uh, there, was a, there was a little process that went along, a little dance back and forth. Uh, take, a, take us through what happened there with that signing. Well, there's a lot of different things that went on there. And it goes back to, I think, Galladay and the Lions' inability to strike a long-term deal that allowed him to become a free agent. And so he hit the market. And again, I, I didn't think the numbers right away were what he had wanted. I, I don't think. Now, in the end, he got the deal that he was looking for. Credit to him, credit to his agent. Uh, I thought it was uh, a little bit high, surprising, considering that it was that late into free agency. But again, yeah. He set out to get something and it worked out. And he obviously met with Chicago along the way. At one point, had a conversation with Baltimore. The Giants came in as the big bidder and obviously were able to sign him. And it's a big signing. And now we'll see how well it works out. He's a talented wide receiver, struggled last year to stay healthy, struggled to stay on the field. If he's playing up to his potential, uh, it'll be a great signing. If he's not, it won't. And so that's pretty simple, and we'll and we'll see how it works out for the big blue. Yeah, the 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 thing, and you you mentioned you were kind of surprised as well at the at what the final numbers turned out in this market, right? Because the receiver market in general right. was kind of depressed. How how did it get to that point? I mean, were, was it the bear? Was it the Bears really pushing? I mean, was the Ravens? How strong was that Ravens' interest in your in your opinion? 
it's hard to say exactly because I'm not involved in the negotiations, but I would just right. say this, that I, I think Chicago is willing to go to a certain number. I have an idea of where they were willing to go. And the Giants were, were able to beat that number by a lot. And so, you know, listen, it's a game of poker that goes on in free agency. And sometimes the cards fall in your favor and sometimes they don't. And it's up to the player and the agent to essentially drive up the market as much as they can. And sometimes they're able to do it and sometimes they can't. Right. And in this particular case, because of how good Kenny Galladay is, they were able to drive up the market fair or not and got the giants to pay, you know, top dollar for a wide receiver. Now, look, I think if the cap doesn't drop $18 million a year is a bargain for Kenny Galladay. But in this market, you say, whoa, that, that, that feels like a lot. And it is a lot. But again, if he plays the way he's supposed to, it's, it's not going to be a lot. So really, ultimately, Jordan, it comes down to his performance in the end. Right. right? If he plays up to it, everything's going to work out great. If he doesn't, it's going to be a bad deal for the Giants. Did, did you ever get the feeling that the, uh, that this move might not happen? Or did you think that this, did you get the impression that the, this was their Giants guy all along? Because it kind of seemed to go back and forth on this one a little bit. Yeah, they did. And I think that, again, I mentioned the durability concerns on Kenny Galladay, which were real. And I think some teams had some character concerns on Kenny Galladay, which also was real. And the character concerns, I believe are what led the Giants to bring him to New York, New Jersey, and to meet with him in person to get a feel for him. Now, you can listen to Kyle O'Brien all you want. If you're going to invest that kind of money, you want to make sure that you are sitting down with the guy and having him address the questions that have come up with the Giants and other teams. And there have been questions. Oh, for so, sure. So the Giants wanted to get in front of him and I think see him, hear him, listen to him, feel him, that whole thing before they were committing that kind of money when there were questions about his durability and about his character. Obviously he answered them in a sufficient way to the Giants, Jordan, that they felt good enough to go ahead and to sign him. And if he hadn't, then they would have balked. And I, I think that when he came to New York, I don't think that they brought him there saying, We're bringing this guy in to go sign him. They brought him in, I believe, to sit down and say, here's a player that we admire and like, but we have to see if this is the right thing for our organization. Sometimes it used to be when free agents took visits, there was a race to get the guy in. So if you could get him to visit your building first, you had the best chance to sign him. And in this particular case for the player, like a college type recruiting. Right. Right. This was not that. This was this was both ways. This was more for the Giants to satisfy the questions that they had about Kenny Galladay. And obviously the answers he gave them satisfied the questions they had. Yeah. And it's a big move for them because we know, I mean, we saw what happened last year in Buffalo for Josh Allen. We got his his, you know, Stefan Diggs and how they kind of, he had that kind of jump. Yeah. And that's kind of the hope here with the Giants. Now, I don't think anybody's going to say, you know, we expect him to be an MVP candidate, Daniel Jones, and, the, you know, that, that to that level. But 
I think that you want to see something similar now that he has that number one weapon and Saquon Barkley's coming back as well. So where does that put the Giants uh, in regard to the NFC East? How do you, how do you look at that division now? Well, I think every team in the division is going to be a lot better, actually. I think that the Cowboys get back Dak, and that automatically transformed them in the second year under Mike McCarthy. I think the Washington football team is an underrated football team. I think Fitzy, a quarterback, is a little dangerous. They have the best defense in that division by a long shot. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best defense in that conference. I mean, that's a really good young defense that got better. Uh, with the addition of William Jackson, at cornerback. And so they should be really good on defense. And Philadelphia is a mystery, but I think last offseason, they were the best team going into the year, and then everything came unraveled. Right. So you know there's some talent, and we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, I think there's more questions about Philly than any team, but I still think it, it can be a good team, the Eagles. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a... Evenly stacked division. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if anyone in this division won the, won the division. Like you could make an argument for Washington, Dallas, New York, and even Philadelphia. Yeah. Or as I heard Dan Graziano say the other day on TV, this division, usually who you think is going to win, never wins anyway. Which is correct. It's just been that's a crazy correct. division over the, like the last decade or so. And, and that, that's my point of Philadelphia. Last year, we thought they'd win it. They were terrible. They <laughs> had an awful year. And so, again, there, there still are some pieces there. And so they're going to be angry and hungry and changed everything. My point is I think the Eagles will be better than people realize, even though people are convinced that they're in rebuilding mode. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't count anybody out in that division. That's a fair point. So if you, look, you, look, you look at the Giants, obviously their success is going to be largely contingent on the growth that they make offensively and Daniel Jones makes in particular. So I'm curious because – the, really the long range future of the Giants hinges on this. What do you think? What do, what do you get? What impression do you get from people around the league about what Daniel Jones is and is going to be? Well, the Giants have a tremendous amount of confidence and belief in him. And they obviously seen enough from him to make them think that he's their quarterback of the future. Obviously he still has more to prove. Obviously people are wondering you know, if and when he's going to take that next step, everybody's waiting to see it. He's got the ability. I think he'll be a good quarterback. You know, I remember when he was coming out, I remember there was a team that told me that was thinking of drafting him in the first round. Here's a guy that is always going to be a good quarterback. He's never going to be great, but he's always going to be good. And that was always a description I remembered about him. And so I still think that, He's trying to get to that point to be consistent, to be that good quarterback because there have been flashes, just not enough of them. And he knows he needs to be better. And the team knows he needs to be better, but the team believes in him and has got confidence in him. And I think that they think he's going to get there. Well, yeah, they have a lot obviously invested in that and they're trying to get the pieces around him to give him the, the best chance of success. So, uh, you know, the giants are, have their fingers crossed for sure. Uh, we free agency yeah. still going on, right? Is that, what's, what's, yeah, the next, the, what's the next big move? Like, Is there any what? more big moves out there where there are just a lot of, are there going to be more cuts? How, how do you view where we stand right now in free agency? Well, Jordan, I think going into free agency, I always felt like the quarterbacks were going to overshadow everything. Mm-hmm. And so there's still the situation with Russell Wilson out there. There's still the situation with Deshaun Watson out there. Neither one's a free agent. But to me, uh, those questions have sort of hung over 
this entire offseason. When I looked at the list of free agents this year, uh, going into the signing period, I said to myself, oh, there's a lot of guys that are interesting, but there's nobody that I say to myself, wow, this is going to be franchise altering, like right. Tom Brady last year or Peyton Manning in another year, um, like Indomic and Sue when he was coming out that one year. A lot of good players. So other people feel differently. They felt like it was an interesting collection of quality players and whatever big names were in this class by and large are off the board. And as we tape this on Monday morning, yeah, there's still some good players out there. Adore Jackson, a player the Giants really would like, uh, is out there visiting the team today. Uh, interesting name. Got some running backs out there. Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, James White, Le'Veon Bell. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. But when, when, when any of those players sign, is it going to lead Sports Center or NFL Live? Maybe NFL Live. It, it, it'll be, it'll be, you know, it'll be a note, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that the better part of free agency is over. It's usually over in 48, 72 hours, to be honest. Uh, there's always a couple of stragglers this year. Kenny Galladay was one. Um, so I don't know. I, to me, it's, it's onto the quarterbacks in the draft to me. Now, again, like I said, there are some, still some quality players out there, some players that will help teams, but that's what it is right now. Yeah. yeah but obviously kept you busy. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. How many phone calls and text messages do you think you send a day over the first beginning of free? Oh, I, I, you know, how, cra- how you crazy know, I, I is it for you? Well, it's it just, it's, um, it's a very intense week for everybody, for teams, for players, for agents, you know, everybody's going through it in their own way. And, you know, you just feel like there's 32 teams making moves and everybody's jumping into the pool and uh, you have to document the splashes, so to speak. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's my part in that week. Everybody's got a part in that week. Everybody's I always got find a role. it crazy because like we're, I'm doing one team and I, and I feel like I'm, I'm busy nonstop 32, just multiply that times 32 just seems like an impossible task almost. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's not impossible. It, it, it gets done every year, but every year you go into it and it's intense and it's anxious and every year it gets done. And uh, I'm always glad when it's behind us and we're the week after free agency rather than the week going into free agency. That's always a nice thing. <laughs> and then you can stay and then you can start gearing up for the draft. Right. But, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, the way the world operates now, there's things move so quickly, just so quickly. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an intense week. I would just love to see you. Uh, how often you're on the phone though during that time? It must it? it I, because we could see you even when you're on TV. You're you're looking at your phone in between answers every time. It's just that it seems like it's on stop. Yeah. Well, again, you know that that that's that week is a it's a chaotic week. There are things happening. You know, there are certain moments where you just feel like holy moly, you're like you're you know you're falling underwater and can't catch your breath. Uh, it, it is at times overwhelming, but you know what? Every, everybody in their own job has their own obstacles and has moments where it feels like it's overwhelming. Everybody gets that. So that that's yeah, a week sure. where I know I'm going to get that, you know, that's, it's no different. <laughs> so you're, you know, that, you're that just happens it. to be the, yeah, you know, you do, you do the best you can to try to make it work and to stay afloat. Um, and, uh, and you just hope it works out the best it can. <laughs> 
Well, everybody appreciates all the hard work you put in because you, you you do obviously a bang up Likewise, job. Likewise, Jordan. Best that there is. I appreciate that as well. So you said we're going to turn our attention to the draft. So before we let you go, let's turn our attention real quick to the draft. I've heard you say it. You you think quarterbacks are going to go really high in yeah. the draft. Yeah, it's funny. I had, a, I had a head coach text me this morning. He's like, you want to bet on that? And I said, yeah. So there's a coach that uh, we made a $5 <laughs> bet on something that I won uh, shortly after the season. Oh, no, I know what it was. We bet on the Super Bowl. We bet on the Super Bowl. I, I told him the Buccaneers win outright. He said the Chiefs would. I won. Uh, and he said, you want to go double or nothing on the quarterbacks? I said, absolutely. I said, my goal is to beat you in another bet and to drive you into bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, you can have so, a long uh, way to go, Adam, by the way. <laughs> so uh, it looks like we may go double or nothing on the $5 he owes me uh, that four quarterbacks will go within the first seven picks. That's wow. that's what I believe. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I believe, and we'll see how it works out. So my question to you then, do you think four quarterbacks go in the first seven? We've seen kind Within of the first the, seven. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. We've seen kind of what the wide receiver market was in free agency. And even last year in the draft, you know, Justin Jefferson went what in the somewhere in the late teens, somewhere around there. Uh, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Yep. Okay. So what happens to the, the everyone, the, you know, originally the, the top three receivers are going to go really, really high in this draft. Where, yep. What do you think about that now? Considering you're of the belief that four of the first seven are going to well, be quarterbacks. Well, what happens, Jordan, is when, when when the quarterbacks start going, it just drives down other players, right? Like, so they start going, uh, you know, it, it, Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith and uh, all these other wide receivers, uh, Jalen Waddle, Waddle, they'll start, you know, they, they get pushed down the board a little bit and, and, and fall to spots that you wouldn't think. If I'm right about the quarterbacks and if I win my $5, if I lose my $5, <laughs> I'm not right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, right? I'm just, it's just interesting because the Giants are there at 11, right? Yep. If the quarterbacks go really high, there's a strong possibility that one of those run, the wide receivers is definitely there when they're picking at 11. They just signed Kenny Gall. Yep. It'll be, it'll be kind of curious to see if they go dip back into that once again. You know what? It, it's it's not hard. You you go with the guy that's highest on your board. Whatever, I agree. You just, never, you just never know when you might have a need at that position. So to me, that that's what you do. Uh, if it's one of the wide receivers, fine. If it's somebody else, great. But if there's a talent that that gets pushed down to them at 11, which very well could happen with these quarterbacks moving up, uh, in fact, it will happen. I'm telling you right now, despite the fact that I'm in a disagreement with this head coach, um, and, <laughs> and we'll see. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I, I say that all the time. I agree with you on that because I think it was when the Giants drafted Odell Beckham. Everyone's like, why are they drafting a receiver? They have Ruben Randall and Victor Cruz. Right. Exactly. And two years later, Ruben Randall and Victor Cruz weren't even on the team anymore, basically. You know, like yeah, a and Odell Beckham was a star. So you exactly. take you take the best player. Yeah. So it made Whoever a lot it is. Of sense. By the way, if it's a running back, you take I'm, I mean that that's probably not an ideal scenario, but if, if you have this high grade on Najee Harris, whoever it is, and the guy, you know, you have him as a top five player. I mean, it's I'm sure it's not go go take that guy. No, you, whoever it is. You're gonna make Giants fans nuts here. With that one. I know, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't mean to do that. Yeah, sorry about you that. You just Jordan. excited the mess. Well, real quick, yeah. before I let you go, since you brought up running back, I'm curious, what do you think the running back market this year does for Saquon Barkley moving forward? Because obviously he's entering year four now, uh, coming off a knee injury, and we saw yeah. Aaron Jones never really got to the market, but I think everyone you know, kind of realized a, what his market it, was. It, 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 it's a great question, right? Because Saquon Barkley is an elite talent. He's a premier player. But – 
he plays that position and he hasn't been able to stay healthy and he has a history. So to me, if I'm him, I want money, guaranteed money, as much guaranteed money as soon as I can. And if I'm the Giants, I want him playing on a fifth-year option and kind of honestly just riding him until I have to make a decision on paying him. Yeah, which is that's a tough right? move. That's a that's always a tough move yeah, to I know. convince the player, right? Because if you're the player, especially in his spot, you're saying, hey, but if you're the player, you want to do a deal now while they still have your rights. What is he, three years into the league? He's three years in the league. Okay, Coming so Jordan, he's got, injury, a, he's, he's, he's got a fourth year. He's got a fourth year mm-hmm. and then a fifth year option, assuming they pick it up, which they will. Okay. And so if that's the case, they always write. If, 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 if they pick up, they, they have his rights for two years, two yeah. years. So if, 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 if basically um, he wants a new deal uh, and I'm the Giants, I just said to you, okay, Sekom, we want to take care of you. Great. But you owe us two years right now. He's not a free agent after this year. Yeah. So he, he, he loses leverage there at an already tough spot. So if he wants to do, do, do a deal now, he's got to be practical and realistic in his demands. That's all. Yeah, the four point seven million dollars this year is what they have him at, and then the, how much? The 50, four point seven. How much? Four point yeah, seven. Yep. That's the cash value of him this year, and yep. whatever, whatever the fifth year would be for a running back. Let's say, make it up by the ten million dollars approximately, yep. right? So you're talking right. about basically fifteen million for two years already. So that you know that doesn't doesn't give him a ton of leverage, right? Especially coming off no. a major knee injury. No, but if you're the Giants and and, and you recognize this guy is the guy he is. You want us to get him signed. So Saquon, we're happy to do something, but we're not paying you $14, 15000000 million a year right now. I, I don't think. Yeah. No, I mean. I mean, maybe, maybe they want to. I don't know. Maybe they want to do that. That's their, that's their decision. That would be a great leap of faith coming off an injury. Probably have to see at least something of him coming back and proving that. That's my point. That's my point. That's my point. But I'm sure we'll be talking about this sometime soon in the future, Adam. That, that'll be a topic du jour coming up in the weeks to come, for sure. All right. Thank you. As always, the best in the business, Adam Schefter. Thanks for giving us the time. Jordan, thanks so much. Appreciate you having me. Be well. Stay safe. You too. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. That was Adam Schefter, uh, obviously just a chock 
full of information. I mean, you know, you know the information that must be rattling around in that brain of his. You know how many things he probably knows that has he he hasn't even gotten to the point of reporting that he's heard along the way. I mean, that that's how much information he collects on a regular basis. It's it's really incredible the fact that he knows everything about everything in this league. And uh, you heard about it right there. And uh, I, I know I'm just curious what Giant fans think right now of the possibility. I don't know what what I just said there. The possibility of a Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle sitting there at 11 and taking he, them in addition to adding Kenny Galladay. I mean, this could be an offense just loaded with weapons. I mean, could you imagine? I think about that for a second. Let's say they add Devonta Smith, right? Because he's an he's like an offensive weapon, right? You could use him all over the field. They don't need the huge, the big receiver anymore, the big outside receiver. They just sign that in Galladay. So now that gives them a flexibility. That, uh, sure, if there's a pass rusher that's there, we'll get to this in a little bit. You know, a few episodes down the line. If there's a pass rusher there that that's intriguing that that fits the bill and that they think is, you know, that would make a ton of sense. But adding another weapon is not such a bad idea either. Those wide receivers drop, which seems like Adam Schefter seems to think it's going to happen. So Devonta Smith, you add that weapon, use him, you know, running the ball sometimes, uh, jet sweeps, screens, receiver, slot. You could run, you know, move your guys around with him, Shepard, man. That's a lot of weapons. And this is a league right now where weapons matter. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Look at the uh look at the Bucks. Weapons matter these days. I was uh, trying to think of who else won Super Bowls in recent years. The Eagles had a ton of weapons, right? Two tight ends. Uh Austin Jeffrey was healthy that one year. He, you know, Nelson Aguilar played really well their Super Bowl year. And and so, yeah, man. Well, I mean, the idea of Devonta Smith now just is just kind of blowing my mind. But okay, let's get to the rest of the free agent signings that the Giants made. Uh, Now, I'm going to rank them by order of importance here, okay? And I wrote down Austin Jackson, re-signing Austin Johnson. I also tweeted that out the other day. I don't know if you guys remember, Austin Jackson was a a center fielder. Played for the Yankees at some point. It was actually, I believe it was a prospect for the Yankees. Got traded to the Tigers. Maybe in the Curtis Curtis Granderson. deal but anyway so all right i think we the number one signing we already talked about right that's kenny galladay that, that's a, a, a no doubter number one move you're talking about a number one receiver big receiver can play on the outside go up and make plays should make everyone else better on offense that's clear cut to me the second biggest move is kyle rudolph okay uh you're talking about a guy who while he may be on the decline a little bit, and and I, I I'm warming up to this move a little bit. I, I wasn't I wasn't completely on board originally. Two years, twelve million is basically the amount. Four and a half million dollars guaranteed. I don't think it's great value, but what I do think the more I that it's allowed to sink in is that this guy's a red zone target, and the Giants have had trouble scoring points. So to add a red zone target like Rudolph can be very useful. And now to add Galladay, who's also obviously a red zone target, led the league in touchdown receptions two years in a row. I mean, this Giants offense should be able to score points when they're when they're in the red zone. You have Saquon Barkley being able to run the ball out of the backfield with Kyle Rudolph and Kenny Galladay as red zone targets. 
you know, in addition to what they already had, it's pretty nice. So that's their second biggest move. Tight end, obviously veteran uh, in the from uh, Minnesota, played there forever. Supposedly a great guy, does a lot in the community as well. Number three, the third biggest move, I thought was outside linebacker Ifedi Odenigabo. Now, not a big name, not a huge player, but remember, you're talking about a guy who has 10 and a half sacks the past two years combined. I think it was seven and a half two years ago, three this year. But think about it. You're talking about a Giants team. That's the second most of any player on the Giants roster the previous two years. So when you're talking about O'Shane Zimenez coming off an injury, uh, Lorenzo Carter coming off a serious injury, you're talking about tearing his Achilles. Like, what are those guys? Odenigabo might be a better player to start the season than either of those two guys. So right now, he's probably their top edge rusher. Now we'll see if they add another veteran along the way. But So that's move number three to me. Uh, one year, two and a half mil. Fairly cheap, has some upside. So a good value move for them. I, I don't I don't mind that move at all. Uh number four, I'm going with the re-signing of Austin Johnson. Okay, Austin Johnson, one year, three million dollars. He's gonna play a big part in, and that's all guaranteed, a big part in filling the void left by Dalvin Tomlinson. So when the Giants signed him, you kind of knew Dalvin Tomlinson was leaving. He eventually goes, takes a deal with the Minnesota Vikings. So Austin Johnson, the guy they like, maybe got a little more than he probably would have on the open market, but they wanted to keep him. They wanted some continuity at that position. Maybe they overpaid a little bit in this year. It's a one-year deal. Fine. Big deal, right? Is is it really that big a deal? Uh, Number five, I'm going with Reggie. uh, No, sorry. Mike Glennon, backup quarterback, just because he plays the quarterback position. The Giants wanted to bring back Colt McCoy. Don't think they didn't for a second. This is a money thing. Uh, Colt McCoy got, I believe it was around $3 million last year. And that was coming off an injury. So Colt McCoy wasn't going to sign for the $1.35 million that Mike Lennon did. The Giants didn't want to spend a lot at back of quarterback. The position they're in, everything, you know, you know where they are as an organization, uh, it didn't make sense for them to do that. So it made sense for them to not spend money at quarterback. And what they landed on was, okay, we got a veteran in Mike Lennon. You don't really want him to play for very long. He's supposed to be a good guy, a good mentor, a help Daniel Jones. Uh, if he has to play for a game or two, you could be all right there. So uh, I think that is the line of thinking there. So I don't mind it considering the price. thought Colt McCoy was going to be back. The Giants thought Colt McCoy was going to be back. The money, though, did not work out. Move number six, I have John Ross. Now, this is just a real flyer, right? I mean, John Ross was a top 10 pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a disaster there for him. Did not work out as well. By the way, I'm not including Leonard Williams on this list because he was franchised. He was always coming back. So he's not included in these signings, obviously. He probably would have been 1-2, 1-A, 1-B, whatever, however you want to point it. But anyway, so back to John Ross, speedster. Maybe the fastest guy in the NFL ran a 4-2 coming out of college, right? Ridiculous number. Made some big plays at times in Cincinnati, but was constantly injured and just it didn't work out at all. So total flyer, one year, $2.5 million total, $1.8 million cap. It. I believe his guaranteed money was a little over a million. Maybe might have been, might have even been a million. I think it was a million on the dot. So not a crazy number. 
take a flyer. Maybe it turns into something. If it does, I mean, the Giants are just overloaded with guys. So uh, Reggie Ragland comes in at number seven here. Uh, you're talking about a veteran linebacker, minimum deal, but has started in this league, can play, can fill in, you know, maybe is a compliment to Tay Crowder, maybe starts over Tay Crowder, maybe plays only on running downs, but a guy you can use, a guy who could play special teams, nothing special either way. But the Giants were looking at the low, 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 low end of the linebacker market, and that's where they landed. So uh, number eight, my eighth-ranked move here for the Giants of free agency, Devontae Booker, two years, $5.5 million. That's kind of a lot for Devontae Booker, who's been a backup running back for most of his career, more than I probably would have went for running back. But the Giants, they felt that, we have Saquon Barkley coming back from a major injury, okay? We're not going to play him 100% of the snaps, even 95. We're going to need a guy that we think can actually carry the ball 8 to 10 times a game and can be more and can play in the passing game. They, that was their thing with Wayne Gallman. They didn't like the idea of what Wayne Gallman brought in the passing game, pass protection, catching the ball out of the backfield. They just weren't thrilled with it. That's why he never... Part of the reason why he just was never in the good graces, it seemed, of the franchise. So they thought Devontae Booker was better in that regard. They maybe paid a little bit much for him. But in the end, we're talking about $2 million guaranteed he received. So, you know, $5.5 million deal over two years. Not a huge investment. Uh, I would still expect them to add a running back at some point in the draft as well. Just as they're going to add an offensive lineman, probably an interior lineman, either and in, in, later in free agency or at some point in the draft. And I kind of like Devontae Booker as a player, to be honest with you. I don't mind him as a player. I, I, so if you're, you have a, my complaint about him is maybe the money, but we're not. You need to have a contingency plan, a real contingency plan at running back, and they think he's a real contingency plan, not just with running the football like Wayne Gallman, but as a pass catcher and pass blocking as well. Uh, number nine, Casey Kreider, long snapper, was really good, minimum deal, really good last year. The kicking operation was pretty much flawless for the most part. So Giants, you wanted to bring him back. I know he was a veteran. Maybe you could have got a, a cheaper number, but you're talking about peanuts there saving when you're talking about the difference between like 980000 600000 You're replacing with a guy at, at that range. So bring back Casey Kreider. He's essentially uh, – Guaranteed he $337,000. I don't think that really makes a difference, but got your long snapper back. And then number 10 is CJ Board. He's probably down here uh, at the bottom, near the bottom, only because they added these other guys at the position. So now he's really just a bottom-end guy who's going to fight for a roster spot, maybe a returner. Uh, he showed he flashed a little bit last year when he got opportunities. It seemed like whenever he got thrown the ball, he made plays, he made tough catches. Uh, so I don't mind having him back. Also, nothing's guaranteed. Just throw him back into the mix, add to the depth at that position. All of a sudden, the Giants could be really deep at, at wide receiver, especially if they draft one at 11 or even in the second round. They're really deep at the position now. You got Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, all signed for at least several more years. You got John Ross, you're taking a flyer on. You got uh, CJ Board, you just resigned. You got Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle, who you, who, <laughs> You just re-signed. You have Dante, or who you just drafted in this hypothetical. You have Dante Pettis, who you picked up, uh, off claimed off waivers late last year. So all of a sudden, look at that receiving core. It would be super deep, which is 
quite a cry from what it was last year uh, when the season ended. So that's the Giants' free agent hall. And to be quite honest, here's here's how. And, and we're, we're waiting on a Dory Jackson. We talked about this earlier. This is being taped at uh, early on Monday. So we'll see how that pans out. But in the meantime, that's where we stand on everything. And if you're talking about the Giants and you say, okay, this is their free agent hall. All those guys I just listed. You take out Kenny Galladay. You say, that's our free agent hall. You're like, e, yikes. You know, not, I'm not, that's not overly encouraging. What, what's your, you re-signed Leonard Williams and you signed Kyle Rudolph and Devontae Booker and Reggie Ragland and John Ross. Like that, that's what you got. But then all of a sudden you had Kenny Galladay there. You're like, okay, now we're talking. And now you add Adoree Jackson, which I think would be a bonus. I don't think the Giants expected a player. And I had been told that they weren't going to go big for a cornerback. But it's because I don't and I don't think they believed that a 24-year-old cornerback who, first of all, they tried to get in the draft when he came out that year also. He was a guy that they were very high on. That a player like that at that age would become available. So if he had him, and right now, as I'm taping this, he's the favorite. I believe the the best offer on the table right now is the Giants. So that would put them as the favorite to me. Uh, the fact that if they could land him would just be a slam dunk. You know, almost, I wouldn't say A+, plus, but I'll say like a solid A free agency for the Giants. With that, you know, get that number one receiver and then get that Corner second cornerback who I think I mean Dory Jackson is the perfect complement to James Bradbury, who's like the bigger, longer guy. The one knock on him is that he doesn't have that straight speed. You don't want James Bradbury running one on one with like the, the burners, the speedsters. But that's where Dory Jackson kind of fits in. He can run with those guys. So the perfect complement those two. It would make their defense really formidable on the back end. Now, I'm a believer that I'd rather have a strong pass rush and edge rushers and then be weaker in the secondary. You can do, you can cover up a weaker secondary. Weaker secondary cannot cover up a lack of pass rush. And that's kind of why you saw Dory Jackson become available. The Titans said, we need to get address edge rusher at all costs. They signed Bud Dupree. And in order to do that, they had to basically wipe out their secondary. So now Dory Jackson's free. But... Still, quite a haul for the Giants if they could then draft an edge rusher who turns out to be a stud. This defense is in business. Big time. I mean, seriously, think about that back end. Got Bradbury, it would be Bradbury, Dory Jackson with uh, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence up front. If you If one of these rookies that they, somebody that they draft eventually evolves into a stud edge rusher, that's a defense. That's going to be a defense to be reckoned with. And Blake Martinez in the middle. I didn't even mention him. A defense to be reckoned with, for sure. Just need to, just need to hit on that. You know, get a Dory Jackson and hit on that edge rusher. A lot easier said than done. But So that's where the Giants stand. That's my breakdown of free agency. Uh, next week, I'm going to be on vacation. So I'm going to try and do another podcast for you later this week. But it's to be determined. So we'll see how that goes. Otherwise, I'll try and do at least some Instagram lives or face or, or Twitter. I don't know if are they, are they called Periscopes. Someone's got to tell me already if they're still called Periscopes. But I tried to do one and just didn't want to cooperate. My phone or 
Twitter, or whatever it was, just didn't want to cooperate. So Instagram Live worked much better. So make sure you follow on Instagram at Jordan Ron on ESPN. And as always, feel free to fire me questions. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, email, wherever you can find me. Uh, TikTok. I'll try and answer all your questions. I, I mean, not all. Some people, some people are going crazy. They want me to like give them a minute to minute on the details of uh, Dory Jackson's visit and Kenny Galladay. Nobody has minute to minute updates. Trust me. If they do tell you, they're giving you updates constantly. They're, they're not being honest. Nobody's in there giving constant updates. So, and and if I know they're going to sign, and if he's it's a, it's a done deal. Trust me, I'm going to report it's a done deal if I know it's a done deal. So don't go in Instagram DMs and start asking me those things. But any other big picture questions, I'll try and get to. Uh, And as always, tell your friends, Breaking Big Blue, we need to blow this up. We're getting bigger. The numbers are growing. I appreciate all of you for listening. This was a fun episode because it's the Kenny Galladay episode. Should Should I join in? Should I make a happy Galladay, everybody? Ga, ga, Galladay, Galladay. Is that Madonna? The, the holiday Madonna song? I think my boy Chris Raggy was uh, chanting it the other day, trying to get Kenny to sign. So that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time. <laughs>